This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This video is sponsored by Liquid IV. Well, gang, if you've made it to this point, we just finished watching Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Why don't you leave some five-star reviews on that Apple Music or Spotify, wherever you might be listening to this. And uh, we're going to hop into our thoughts on the movie. Unless we have anything else to do first. Unless there's anything that we ought to dictate to people. No? Okay. Well, damn. Uh, (laughs) This has been an interesting year for movies like this. This this is, uh, you know, a big sweeping epic of sorts, but it's also got a very sort of ironic quality at the center of it. And uh, having seen it, funny, Killers of the Flower Moon is here on screen. They want us to watch it after The Hunger Games and after The Bricklayer in that order. Um, But that movie kind of uh, makes for an interesting compliment to me because these are two of the most striking and, and, you know, talked about movies of the year from two veteran filmmakers that both showcase, like, what can happen when just, like, horribleness and and, and conniving is left to kind of its own devices and, and, and when you're in a time where, like, information is restricted so you have, you know both the immense possibility of what, you know, machinations can do and also just, like, idiocy and and pettiness can do. And whereas Killers is a very austere, very straight movie, I felt like this endeavored to explore similar territory, obviously with a different historical context, uh, but, but with a much more deeply ingrained sense of, yeah, irony, humor, etc., but yeah, what what you think, sir? Um, my nice side is just wanting to say mixed bag. Sure. Because I can easily pinpoint what I liked about it. Yes. See, it's easy for me to like isolate what I really like about it. It's very easy. Overall, I'm not sure I like this movie. Sure. To be told, sure, sure. Uh, overall, I'm not yeah. sure I like this movie. Uh, I think it 
it it kind of if it just felt way edited down and the I, I don't really find the story itself that enriching of a story it's more like i watched a bunch of things happen even napoleon himself doesn't really have uh things happen for and to napoleon but him as a character doesn't really have a real descent as a as a person or an arc in any real way like he kind of just starts off this way and he's a little bit more that guy <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah. It's not exactly much of a, uh, uh, in terms of a narrative, I think it's, it's kind of weak. And, and, and then I, we were like, we we're saying it throughout the whole reaction that it just kept feeling really pared down, like with the way they would handle time jumps and time spans. And then you would have scenes that were like oh this is kind of like uh emotionally dramatically um, i'm into it and then we're just sometimes, sometimes we'll do a time jump without informing you we've done a time jump yeah. or they they do a time jump and they inform you and then it would ultimately lead to like battle scenes that were really grandiose uh epic and on scale and shot with such visceral nature that I haven't seen in any of the 2023 movies to this degree, especially in a practicality scale mm -hmm. where it would blend CGI in ways that uh, at times other than like cannon and maybe some fire that I couldn't really tell, but like this, like those battle sequences were just beyond epic. Um, at the same time, when I would step back, I would go, but I have like no emotional investment <laughs> in, in this fight. I don't know the soldiers, all this stuff about what Napoleon cares about outside of Josephine. I don't really know. Uh, this this reverency for France, I don't understand. Other than he, he just, there's a lot of things that are being really like dictated to me and told to me. But again, it was kind of like watching a uh, a history book. <laughs> it was of uh, uh, with questioning constantly what is real, what what is accurate, and what is not accurate. Because uh, and, and the reason why I would do that is because I wasn't lost enough in the narrative to not give a shit about that. Sure, I was so aware of. Uh, a lot of the shortcomings that this movie was doing. And like the first hour, I would be like, ah, no, I'm enjoying this. So there's there's a bit of a farcical element, as we were pointing out, and this humorous touch where they would use music to con that would be in, in a fun juxtaposition where it was like this classical elegance while like atrocities are taking place. And it would magnify uh, some of the goofiness and silliness and how these people were kind of a joke. It magnifies but, the yeah the the weird artifice of high society in a time especially such as this where it's like conflict is so tangible. But it lost that, sure that humor. It lost it lost all that for me uh, in the last like hour and a half of this film <laughs> or something. Some some part of that runtime. The one of the things that was really clicking for me, and then it just starts becoming like we gotta just clip through this and clip through this and clip through this and. Out of two and a half hours, I didn't really feel anything hmm. when I was watching it. I, I was I was watching certain times I would I would admire something I'm watching, or I'd be like, "Ooh, that's," I might react to like a violent scene, um, or I might be, "Oh, he's kind of an asshole here," uh, but I, I think like the storytelling itself is is one of the things that I can have an issue with Ridley Scott movies nowadays. Like hmm. sometimes he comes out with a banger. Um, and then other times it comes out with stuff that just kind of feels like it's pretty, it's great to look at, 
great cast. Um, but in terms of like your overall story, there's not much of an impact. And I think the impact, maybe there's historians who watch this and are like, oh, but seeing this, maybe that like tickles your fancy in some way. But from just a movie going experience, I think it's kind of empty. And that's my biggest issue with it is that uh, I, I didn't latch on to anything. And it was never even cold in a way that was um, appealing. Like I like a cold, harsh movie. I like... I like watching the bad guy be the main character. Uh, I, I love all those kinds of films, you know, but there's a, a, a there's still a voice and a and a pull from the heart that it has to have. And I, and I felt like this was I, I just think it was edited down. And sure. Yeah. And I imagine there's an exception. Is there you kept saying the thing about a longer cut? Is there is there a thing about a longer cut? Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's yeah. going to be like a four hour version of this movie. Yeah, that like shows. Yeah, but unlike Rebel Moon, where I'm like really like I'm not really sure I want to see a longer cut. I'd be curious to see a longer cut of this one. I would. Yeah. I would be. I'll watch the Rebel Moon cut. But I well, in the I'm Rebel Moon, it's obvious. It appears obvious as to what might get put back in. Whereas this, you're sort of like other than fleshing out certain beats of history that maybe fly by. You know. There's a. It seems like there's a broader array of things that that extra time could allot for, you know. Rather than clearly, there were plot elements removed, you know. Yeah, I think this lacks strong characterization and 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 I keep going back to the word narrative. It's just at the end of the day, you have to tell a story, mm. and, and so even if it's a slice of life or something, you have to tell the story. There's got to be some kind of narrative here, and it. I guess we technically watched the rise and fall of Napoleon, but the way they would handle the, the times and when you would dump around time and then what you chose to focus on in those times and you see what they have at their hands at the disposal when it comes to a budget that like, Oh yeah, you could easily probably have like other scenes on the cutting room floor that really got you hooked into stuff, whether it be from just a, the mind intellectually is more interested or the heart is more invested mm. And to me, this movie kind of didn't either. I did like two and a half hours. I was just watching stuff happen with occasionally being amused by uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance and admiring Vanessa Kirby's work. But out of a big cast, I mean, like I can't really name anyone else other than them, but out, there's a lot of people here. Like no one really stands out as a performer. Sure. Joaquin Phoenix kind of felt like, again, because of the, the story they presented it, it's it, it it's not really i don't feel like i got to know napoleon really yeah i got to know some things about napoleon sure some stuff that maybe people like rumored about what he was like as a person i can uh, tell but, how this movie feels about napoleon but i never got into the mind of napoleon i never got into why napoleon really is the way he is it, it's just things that were alluded to it, it never felt like it got confident enough to embrace a, a voice or his perspective, you know, like it, that's where I felt like it was at odds where like I could feel I could feel the judgment of Ridley Scott of the story here, but it never quite took the perspective of Napoleon when that's what the movie's doing is telling it from the perspective of Napoleon while occasionally cutting to someone else. Um yeah, yeah, it doesn't really extrapolate on his perspective. It's like you understand his perspective and since it's being told 
largely from his deluded point of view it's like you don't yeah there's there i i can see the value in doing that and i can see why you would want to pitch it that way for a movie like this but i do think that other elements would have to kind of change a bit to really complement that or to make it feel like it isn't just you know two and a half hours of watching like a terrible narcissist never learn and just you know parade around the world being petulant and 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 yeah like it it is it is an interesting it's one of these movies and and i'm not gonna i'm trying not to harp on it too much but there are elements of this experience that do kind of remind me of the debate that i've heard and and been somewhat a part of when it came to killers of the flower movie it's like both of these movies have this quality where like when you get what the movie's doing you get what the movie's doing and 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 this movie especially doesn't really deviate a whole lot from the thing that it's doing which is to present napoleon this guy who has this status in history who clearly was able to do uh great and devastating things in equal often simultaneous measure um, and there's something obviously interesting about that in juxtaposition to our current society. We have many a Napoleon figure at large in politics and otherwise here today. You know, obviously you can draw your through line to Trump if you want to with a movie like this. But it is that thing of like, okay, so f- f- I can imagine that really working for somebody for two plus hours. And certainly I feel like this movie, like, it, it, this is a potentially like a whole is not as great as the sum of the parts because all the parts are pretty great it's like all the performances really committed all of the designs the way that it lives in this time and place to really sell the tangibility and the harshness and the contrast between high society and all the ceremonial stuff that people like to stand on especially in this moment in time and they even highlight it on occasion you know polite society and the the you know extreme depravity that can be you know propped up on top of that or you know any number of other atrocious human elements but yeah it's like the movie doesn't position itself to extrapolate on why napoleon is as as you mentioned or to it's weird it's like you don't have to show him sympathetically and it would be a different kind of movie if you did endeavor to show things that explain why he is how he is um, but yeah, it's like as it exists here and now, I can easily see a lot of viewers getting to the end and being like, okay, that was a lot of miserable and a lot of ironic, but yeah, what is this amounting to beyond all of that? Plus, you know, a, a, a quick sprint through history yeah. that I imagine will probably pace a little differently and perhaps a little more breathably for people who know the history well. Um, but yes, for for the rest of us who are either rusty or or ignorant toward a lot of the greater details, it does feel like whoa. Okay, wait, hold on, we're hopping through time, and even the way they leave the some of the titles on the screen that are explaining things to you are like pretty quick and moving along, and uh, yeah, yeah, it is one where it's like there's so much to appreciate, but what it's giving you, you know, if you especially if you see it from early on and that's not enough for you i feel like this would be a very long experience for a lot of people no i i think i was just watching facts or depictions of things uh the entire time you know if you if you look at a movie like i don't know uh there will be blood uh, uh, uh for example right um that movie is a really harsh cold mean movie 
about one guy who starts off greedy and he's even greedier by the end. <laughs> and he, but he's left he's lonely worse, and yeah. miserable and he's getting worse. And you're watching this guy like deteriorate into a monster, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's hopelessness yeah. for that man by the end and what he's lost himself to in the pursuit of more. And he's, he's completely lonely. And, and here I use that as a comparison because there's at least like a mood about that. There's a, there's at least like a terror about that. Yeah. And you're, you're watching the effect it has on other people, like really living in that, watching how other people get lost in the vortex of this man. And here I feel like they they say things <laughs> like yeah. with, like with the one guy where he's like his egotism and uh, the way he rules is like the the Paul the, the dark Paul that he casts over my all this shit. I'm like I don't really feel like I saw any of that. I don't really feel like I got any of that of <laughs> what, what it was what he was like. Really, what he was like as a general, other than you watch the battle happen, you don't mm -hmm. really see him his mindset as a general. Um, you don't really see what he's like as a ruler as an emperor. You don't really see all these things that they're saying that he does that are terrible because I'm like, from what you've shown me, I, I would be like, other than him conquering, I, I'm not really getting any additional context to understand what he's done that's made him so such a polarizing figure. What's made him so terrible other than he, he, he left people down. Yeah. I'm not really being fed that, you know, and... I'm not seeing why. Again, everything comes back to why, right? You, you gotta, you gotta show, not tell. In this movie, relied a lot on occasionally dropping some nuggets of information to make you go, "Here's why." When you, you have to let the audience marinate in some, like, um, whatever it may be, atrocities or the love that you see that he has. And I think the time where they gave the most delicacy was the thing they were like placing all their eggs in one basket for was this tragic romance with uh, this Josephine woman, uh, which, yeah, was probably the most interesting part to me. And the movie treats it like it's the most interesting part about his character. And I, I think they lose sight of that. Like it's, it's kind of it's a, it, to me, it's a disjointed experience. It's, it lacks focus. And it doesn't really know where it wants to place its heart and focus at. You can't just cut to a cool battle scene. Uh, you can't. Yeah. You, and you can't just tell me like updates on what's going on. You know, yeah. that's what this movie does. It's just like an update. Update the experience. Update the timeline. Uh, here's what's happening, and then and then narrative becomes confusing on dynamics and relationships and stuff. I, 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 like, what happened with his brother? You know, there was a whole thing with his brother. Like, what happened with his brother? Sure. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, it, that's something I'm just remembering right now. It, and, and it's a big, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think I like the movie. All right, Reject Nation. So today I want to share something with you that has been a wonderful addition to my health and fitness journey that I discovered during the holidays, and that is Liquid IV's Hydration Multiplier. I'm down to my very last packet, and I'm freaking out, but it's okay. I got more in the mail. Now, a lot of you have been so kind to notice how I've been working on my physical health. Thank you for all the compliments. And one thing I learned is that proper hydration is absolutely crucial, especially post-workout and pre-filming after post-workout. And my wife actually introduced me to this product, which is perfect because we not only care about quality but a good taste and quality product whether it's after a sweaty workout or just after you know a good night out you know what i'm saying efficient hydration and replenishing electrolytes is 
key. You just feel better. And it tastes fantastic. I can't emphasize that enough. Another thing that I'm always on the lookout for too is products that have zero sugar or zero sugar added because that's one of my main dietary restrictions throughout the week. And they, of course, got products that fit that description that also taste good too. So yes, thank you so much. So Liquid IV's hydration multiplier is in summary is they are a non-GMO electrolyte drink that delivers hydration into your bloodstream faster and more efficient than water alone. Because sometimes drinking a whole gallon is not always efficient, but in fact, it can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. I'm also big on efficiency. Plus, it's packed with 11 essential vitamins, and we know vitamins are good for the body. It's vegan, soy-free, gluten-free, and dairy-free. You can customize the water amount to your taste. Again, perfect for post-night recovery, traveling, or just having a big night out. You know what I mean? No, I won't. So, if you want to boost your support for the channel and boost your hydration game, go to liquidiv.com and use promo code REJECTS at checkout. That's liquidiv.com, promo code REJECTS. And remember, Liquid IV, it's not a real IV, but it sure feels like it. So stay hydrated, stay healthy, and let's keep crushing those health and fitness goals together in the year 2024. Yeah. <laughs> I really it's, don't. It's how it, it, it plays the concoction of all these elements. Because on the one hand, I can see the there, there's a lot of th the beginnings of a thread. It's like I get the use of the battles as they juxtapose against the other scenes because it's all this... Again, when you're just alone in some big ornate room and it's people talking, you know, you're able to really see the disconnect between, again, how especially harsh and nasty war at this point in time is uh, and how, you know, you're so far removed when you're, you know, back home or in some great mansion plotting all this stuff versus yeah. actually being out on the battlefield or whatever. And, and yeah, it's like you have this notion that, man, the people are really behind him and his true like part of the reason the moment with the troops in the wood uh, toward the end right before Waterloo kind of worked for me is because I couldn't tell really what to expect and i was like oh no he's not gonna win them back is he but i didn't have really reason to go like i know that these dudes are super dedicated to him it was so like that moment worked That's because of that but at the same time i feel like the rest of the movie kind of suffers because of that because yeah it's like you said we don't really get to see the soldiers even through his you can still do that through his perspective but see him being you know of those people and you know rallying them to a point where you're like well i see how dedicated these people are or uh inversely like throughout the movie he may he, he makes mention to like the people the, for, i'm doing this for the people of france I, I the people they love me they look to me and we almost never see the people which again is i think somewhat intentional and somewhat of a fair choice because it's illustrating how removed especially in a time and place like this where you're confined to just letters and what you can see and what trusted people relay to you. Like, I get, again, the purpose, but as it's all executed here into this melting pot, it does feel kind of impersonal and a little disconnected at times. And then you have the romance element, which, again, kind of reminded me of a Killers of the Flower Moon thing where you're watching this clearly toxic, bad situation go down. But at the core of it, you're like... But maybe in some weird, twisted way, they do love each other. Although here, while I did appreciate those scenes and the performing of them, I didn't think it was as strong or interesting as, say, it was in Killers. Because here, a lot of those scenes are like kind of the same scene, just in different years and after different battles. And I didn't really... I started to lose the plot in terms of like, I get what his feelings are about her. I can't tell what her actual feelings are. And like, she'll write these letters and part of my brain is going, okay, I think there's gotta be a lot of ironic double speak in here, but she's still writing him. 
And, you know, they still maintain this contact. And even after all this, and she's like laughing at him during the divorce proceedings, I, I guess she loved him somehow, but also I kind of don't buy it. And, and, and yeah, you're left with the muck of certain of these choices where you're sort of like, I don't really know what the choice fully was. Well, I, I don't under, I don't think they, what could have helped is if they, if it seemed like within the passage of time that our characters were aging at all. That and they they don't <laughs> they don't I don't feel like yeah. any time passes for our performers like Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby like yeah they just look the same <laughs> yeah their the hair changes time. but then you're kind of, yeah but but we also live in a time where everyone's got like twenty wigs yeah so like yeah you get to the end and I was starting to go okay like he I guess in the right light he kind of looks like older and more pale but I feel like that's just kind of more got to do with like the performance and the fact that he's like kind of slowly giving up here at the end you know rather than it's actually being like a choice within you know yeah that aspect of the the craft like the whole thing with like being exiled and stuff like that first year he was the, the movie glosses over that when he's first exiled he's he's exiled in this film's runtime for like five minutes and i didn't know as a part of and history he back, he's like, I, need to, I need to come back like i'm like what yeah. in my type of experience i'm not saying i need like an hour of saying that i you this movie just glosses over it and he's like i'm tired i'm like well i in my time i i feel like you just got here you know and it's funny but i feel like they could have still maintained that the humorousness of that while also yeah at least committing to it a little more for so then a viewer like me can be surprised when it's like oh i didn't realize he was exiled once came out of exile tried yeah. to you know do one more coup and then failed and then got super exiled like i didn't realize the whole waterloo context that way so yeah, yeah, I don't know. You're, yeah. you're right. It's like everything, even though this is a movie that, again, uh, w looks like a classical painting, and I like the contrast of how it doesn't behave that way, but but yeah, like, there's a grace uh, of pace that I don't think they quite nailed, and I wonder how I would feel if I didn't know that this is supposed to be longer, and certainly, again, like, A Rebel Moon, you can tell without having to be told that, whereas this... You know, I might not have known as well had I not been aware of that. But also, I mean, you know, you could have easily miniseriesed this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this should be a like a story with this much time span. Like, I don't know how you could tell this even in four hours. I, I, yeah. I that's, that that honestly feels like it'd be better. Still feels like it might miss the mark <laughs> with the amount they want to tell. It still feels a little too. I don't know. It feels like a lot for what this is trying to do. Yeah, you're trying to span a lot, uh, uh, like a little too much, I think, is, and when with the amount you're trying to incorporate. Because, again, even a movie like There Will Be Blood, you don't really know why he is the way he is, but they they give you other things to really feed off of and sink your teeth into. And you spend whereas enough this, time with other characters to get some of that development. Yeah, whereas here, you know, uh, I don't need to know exactly why he loves France, but... To, for it to really drive like a wedge between the marriage so much and then for his desire for more like i need some conflict that truly arises from that <laughs> you know i need something more some like, kind of personal hollywood it up a little bit would you do it's, do it's something it's moving quick enough <laughs> that it just feels like well this is just how he thinks so naturally he must just need to ascend yeah. to the highest level of rule because this feels <laughs> this still feels like a movie you know this still feels like a hollywood film it doesn't 
feel like, oh, I'm stepping into a moment in time. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm totally okay with it feeling like a film. Uh, but if you're going to do that, then Hollywood, <laughs> say it, Hollywood it up then. <laughs> Create some drama. <laughs> Create some real conflict here. Sure. Do something to, to give it that extra, that, that little sizzle. <laughs> so that way, that, that way we're, we're on board for some of the more dramatic journeys and, and stuff like that or, or have something yeah. to care about. But I didn't care about anything that was happening, man. I, I did not care. Like It is one it of is, those cinema films where yeah. you go through the first hour and you're like, some pretty cool, some pretty yeah. good craft on display, and the, then you get past a point and you're like, that good will's worn but off. this is moving the, at the same, this is moving with the same sensibility and it isn't showing any sign of, yeah, of, you know, cr- picking up a thing or yeah. descending into a thing. It, it seems like and especially with a, a character you know will have a significant fall, even if you don't have the details, it, it does start to feel like you're just going to kind of see a collection of events until it's done, rather than feeling like you're going on a journey that has a momentum of some A story kind. like this needs a Martin Scorsese touch of a, of, of a rise and fall of, a, of, a, of an individual where you see, like, the glory that he got to experience and why he'd want that back. Yeah. When he's like talking with the children who admire him, I'm like I got no sense of this world that has been developed here. Yeah. That these, that there, that there would be children who would want to like hear from him. I got no sense. Of, I'm like, how I'm so confused on the level of respect. Cause I'm mainly checking in with the other political people. Yeah. Who just dog this guy, you know? So and- I'm, I'm not really in tune with how everyone else views him. So that's why when the soldiers do come around, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of a surprise. Oh, my God. He's leading them into fighting with the fuck. You know, like, yeah, I think yeah. this is a case where you could benefit. And hey, Ridley Scott, I mean, like respect to Ridley Scott, because, again, like half the time he shows back up these days and I'm like, damn, dude, you'd be cranking out movies like, you know, these if you spent maybe all of that time on half as many movies, maybe they would all be a little bit better. But, you know, he like he's a pro, obviously. And, and something like this, especially during the first half, I was like, man, though. You know, even at his age and as long as he's been at this, Ridley is really, he's you know, he, yeah. And, and it's a, a marvel that this looks as good as it does, you know, for, again, the fact that he does stay so busy and it is as tangible as it is. Like, it feels dug into. But, yeah, like, I don't associate him with the same level of human thoughtfulness. Like, you know, Ridley Scott stuff can be big on ideas, but I feel like, and, and just continuing on this Scorsese touchstone, like I do feel like he is a filmmaker who has a certain level of compassion that can carry, like, even if you're watching a Killers of the Flower Moon who has a lead character and many of your lead characters are like unsavory people, half of them are dumb and narcissistic and whatever else, there's yeah. still like, you can tell that the author of this is looking compassionately at like, how the humanity of the situation got this way. And I don't feel like this movie has its eye very much on that, which I think I don't need like a full, like I personally got to know the, the tragedy of, uh, of Napoleon. Like, you know, you can still be a bit cynical or you can still be a a bit of a satire or a farce, but I think, yeah, that, that humanist angle could have helped to temper a lot of things across this. All right, it's got a fifty-eight percent critic score, fifty-nine percent audience score. Okay, wow, the critic score and audience score are very much in sync with each other. Sure, yeah, that is very, very much in sync. Yeah, that's like wild. You never see that. I, I actually expected one of them to be high, like significantly higher than the other. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's low. Um, <laughs> I liked House of Gucci. That was all right. Oh, I want to see House of Gucci. It's not. I didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Last duel, 
I just can't find my can't muster the strength to watch that movie. I just can't, I, uh, just can't muster the strength to watch it. I, like, and, and, from what I heard, I'm like, I don't really want to sit through that. I just don't want to sit through it. And <laughs> no. it's the one movie like that too, where I constantly heard people going like, "Actually, the, those of us who went saw it, it's like it's pretty. It's one of his best." And, and even still, I'm just like, I still just don't know if I'm gonna if I even care. To I just don't want to experience <laughs> that. Yeah, like I, I, for when this maybe in like ten or fifteen years when we're far removed from like the moment in time that it was also co-opting to to come into existence. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, damn, he made The Martian in twenty fifteen. Shit. I mean, yeah, like I it's. Have, I mean, according to Rotten Tomatoes, Last Duel seems like his last great film, which was only in twenty twenty one. Like, he, like his one that's like, oh, people think this is a great movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing is he hasn't gone to that place yet where he like makes one movie every six years. So it, it's like, I guess it's easier to look at Ridley Scott as having lost the touch, but then be reminded like, but every few movies he has one that people are like, this is at least better than just good or maybe even great. So like. You know, I, I'm torn because I'm glad to see him still out there, still kicking and still, you know, showing, you know, that he's got those chops. But also there are times where, yeah, I feel like he, he, his curmudgeonliness of the here and now maybe gets in the way of something that could impact a little bit more pressingly and, and uh, permeatingly, so to speak. Yeah. Because, I mean, clearly there's tons and tons of artistry on display. Um, All righty. Well... Okay, I'm good, John. Yeah, we're good. Well, gang, what'd you guys think? <laughs> you love Napoleon now? Do you sympathize with him? Leave us your thoughts. What was your favorite Oscar contender of 2023? Leave it in the C O M M E N T's. And hey, before we get out of here, let's do a patron of the day shout out. Michael B. Omni Media. Happy New Year, Michael B. Alrighty, guys, let me get this out of the way. He has a YouTube channel called Omni Media where he does reactions. He's been on this channel with us. I've Woo! done a few movies with him. It's a cover Tales of the Jedi. John covered a Mission Impossible one with him. Together. One movie. And I said counting. you could have one. One movie and counting. Um, well, you know what, man? I think for 2024, this whole like promoting you thing has to come this has to gone an far end. Enough. Because your channel I'm seeing is doing better now. Uh-oh. And frankly, wow. I got a hint of a, a being threatened. Why would you do that to us? This whole like reactor community of we got to stick together and help each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all just a, a bunch of, 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 of feigning pleasantries is what we do. But we all know that we want to dominate one another. And I don't care what kind deeds you've done. I don't care how long you've been pledged to our Patreon page. Your success is out of spite. Your shit has to end now, all yeah. right? You be as successful as you want, but from here on out, no more plugging Omni Media. I will oh. not be shouting uh. out, oh, Emma's a mother, Anna's uh. a Nancy, the number one Can't believe. media. I don't want to do that anymore no. because watching your reactions to Reacher, oh, sure. Soka, uh, Echo, yeah. Uh, all the movies you've been covering oh, with these great looking thumbnails and wonderful commentary. And then every time I open up your videos and just seem like, man, this guy gets like nothing but positive comments yeah. because he's that good. I'm sick of talking about it, dude. Absolutely sick of promoting. Oh, as an, oh my God, he's still here. <laughs> M as a man. Why 
why do we still keep promoting him? N as in no, will no, no longer promote Omni Media. Yeah. One as in there can only be one like Highlander, <laughs> and then media as in I'm gonna stop watching his media. Stop watching the media. Yeah, Omni Media. Yeah, Omni Media. Yeah, but in in seriousness, you know, s- succeed as much as you can. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, come up with some goals for this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of how you can improve your operation without uh, you know, outstripping ours. Happy New Year, you dick. Mm-hmm.